Santos. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang, it's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in. Second hour of the program here on Friday. Uh, just a programming reminder, there will not be any spooky South Coast this week. I have a paranormal event tomorrow night uh, out in Weymouth at the Emory Estate, so I'll be out there. I'll share with you any details of anything interesting happens when I come back on Monday. So earlier in the program, I started off the morning talking about an article I have at, at WBSM.com and on the app about the number of times that Massachusetts lawmakers have attempted to ban smoking in cars with children. Now, this is this came about because I saw another article that mentioned that only one state in the entire country has banned smoking in cars with children. That's Delaware. And they only put it into effect this past September. And I would have thought that there would have been more than that, but that is the only one. And the way that that came about is, I, you know, I, like I said, I just happened to find that article, saw that information, and said, well, let me find out the history of Massachusetts trying to do it. And I discovered that, at least as far as I could find, now you know that the smoking ban in public places went into effect in, I think, what, 2004 or five. And I remember when that happened, I was working in a diner that was 99% smoking section. There was one booth in the back that we called our non-smoking area. And it wouldn't have mattered if you came in and didn't want smoking. You were trapped in a corner and all the smoke was coming at you anyway. But bottom line is, it was allowed and we only had to have... One table was enough to qualify. I think we also had like one or two stools down there that we called our non-smoking stools. But you would just walk in. And when you walked in, it was just a haze of smoke over everybody sitting at the counter, sitting at the tables. So you had a lot of secondhand smoke exposure. And I would go home and I would smell like it. I would smell like a lot of smoke because in the kitchen you've got all the stuff coming from the fryer later and the grill and all that. But, you know, you could, the cigarette smoke has a distinctive smell. So I knew I was, even though I was in the kitchen, I was still being kind of exposed to it. And I've, I've mentioned this before, but having to go out on a Sunday and take a white rag and dip it in bleach and wipe it along the ceiling and we would have to clean the entire ceiling of the place and you would just wipe that white rag one time down the ceiling and it would come back completely yellow from all the all the cigarette smoke. So eventually Massachusetts banned smoking in workplaces and restaurants and bars and we were worried. We were worried it was going to completely tank the business. 
And I don't, I don't think we suffered too big of a hit, but that's because you couldn't smoke in any restaurant. So it wasn't like somebody was going to go somewhere else. And it was, there were struggles because we would hear rumors. People would come in and say, oh, I still go to this place instead because they let you smoke in there. And then, of course, there was the constant problem of the folks that would stand on the front steps of the diner and have their cigarette right there. And we would have to tell them, no, no, you have to be a certain number of feet from the building. The, the, the servers who would smoke in the back hallway because they didn't want to go outside because it was too cold. Like, there was a lot of issues in completely following that, that law. But I was surprised to, to find that, uh, at least from what I could read, there wasn't an attempt to add cars with kids, not cars for kids, I'm not going to sing that for you, uh, back in that original legislation. It was 2013 where then-freshman state representative now Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro had filed legislation called an act to protect little lungs that was designed to make it so that if you had a child in the car that has to ride in a child safety restraint, so a car seat or a booster seat, that you would not be able to smoke in the car with the kid. And if you got caught, it would be a $100 fine. And there were some other parameters to it, but that was basically the gist of it. And it, it failed in 2013. I saw an article that he reintroduced it in 2017. It failed then. Uh, it didn't. Then in 2019, another legislator picked it up because Haro had left to become mayor of Attleboro. And then even this past legislative session, it was brought up again by the uh, James Hawkins, I believe is his name. He's now in the second Bristol seat that Haro once served in. So he brought it back up again this year and it never made it out of committee. But it has been attempted numerous times or, or proposed numerous times. And I'm honestly surprised that it hasn't passed. But I, I said earlier, I think it's a bit of an overreach. Jeff in Fall River sent in an app chat message that says, Good morning, Tim. Smoking in a vehicle should be criminal, in my opinion. It's disgusting and it's harmful to a child. Over the summer, I did see someone smoking marijuana while, while a child was in the car. Windows down or not, it's wrong. And Mully and Fairhaven brought up the same thing. This discussion begs the question regarding cannabis. So the thing about that is, though, it's already technically illegal to be smoking cannabis while driving. So they already have a law on the books that bans that from happening. Now, whether or not law enforcement is enforcing it is a different story, but you legally cannot drive and consume marijuana at the same time, the same way you can't drink and drive at the same time. So it doesn't matter if there's a child in the car or not. They're already breaking the law if they do that. The other part of, oh, and by the way, Molly also points out that, believe it or not, it's not illegal to drive barefoot in any state. I thought it was in Massachusetts, so I don't know. I can't do it. There's been times that I've tried to do it. I used to drive down to the beach at the end of my neighborhood rather than go to the one across the street from my house because that was a little bit nicer. And so I would drive so that we could bring all the 
stuff down there. Cooler and beach toys and all that kind of stuff. And I would come out of the water and I'd take off my water shoes and I'd say, all right, now I'm going to just drive barefoot back. And I just, I could never, I never liked the feel of it. Some people do. Some people prefer to. There was a demolition derby driver that used to take his shoes off and drive barefoot. Thought he got better reaction time without having shoes in the way. I don't know that I would do that. That seems kind of unsafe. But anyway, this has been proposed multiple times now. And although I am opposed to smoking, I don't think it's a good thing to be doing. It's certainly not a good thing to be doing around children. I think that it is an overreach to say to somebody, well, you can smoke in your home with a child present. We can't stop you about doing that, but we can regulate you doing it in your car. But as somebody pointed out to me in a message, they don't regulate how much you can drink at home or how much marijuana you can consume at home, but that you are restricted from doing either in a car. So there is precedent, I guess. How many people out there, though, would be violating this law if it was in effect? And I I know people aren't intentionally trying to harm their children or the children that are in the car. I know that's not their intent. They put the windows down. They keep the cigarette out the window until they take a drag. They, they do all that they can to protect the child from getting exposure to that secondhand smoke. But in the eyes of these lawmakers, that's still not enough. It's still too much exposure for the child in the car who has no say about it. And I guess, you know, as we learn more over the years about the dangers of secondhand smoke... You want to try to mitigate that as much as you can. But I guess this is something that the legislature just doesn't, it's, it's a bridge too far for them. So I wonder now if it'll get brought up again. So that's by my count four times, maybe five, that it's been brought forward and, and never come to fruition. But yet Massachusetts bans flavored tobacco in order to protect kids, in order to keep kids from wanting to buy tobacco products. Just got a message from Ducky in New Bedford who says, an FYI, today is not Pearl Harbor Day. It was yesterday. Yes, we, no, we know. Um, the, the calls that we got regarding it were in reference to something that came up because of Pearl Harbor Day yesterday. So a caller called in and said that yesterday being Pearl Harbor Day had been the impetus for him to look this stuff up and uh, and wanted to share with us that you can find family military records on Ancestry. And then a, another caller called up just to provide some history of the start of World War II, well, America's involvement in World War II. So no, we, we mentioned a few times yesterday that it was uh, Pearl Harbor Day. And we talked about the way that people found out about that. That even in the time of, of radio, and, and radio had probably been around commercially, I mean, people were probably listening to radio for about 20 years at that point. And 
they were used to it being a daily part of their lives. They were used to it being the way that they got so much of their news. They still depended on the newspapers, of course, but the radio had more of an immediacy to it. But even then, it, it wasn't as quick as it is now. It certainly wasn't as fast as the information age that we live in these days. But you had rural areas where they had a radio station that might not be monitored 24-7, that might not have somebody there to be able to break into a broadcast. I mean, imagine how some of those stations would have ran if we had the same type of automation that we have today. I could theoretically program without, you know, without satellite hookups and all that kind of stuff. Let's put all that aside. But if I wanted to just have something run constantly for 24 straight hours without anybody having to be here, we could program the computer to do that. You were limited by the length of the record back in those days. If that's what you were if that's where you were getting your music from. A lot of stations had bands that came in and played. In fact, when I um I wrote the story a few months ago about the photos that look back at the old WBSM and what was now what what is now Fathoms that used to be the WBSM building and Jim Phillips actually worked there. And was able to kind of walk me through a little bit about what it was like. And they had a, a Studio A that had a grand piano in it. And they would bring in bands and orchestras and singers. And they would perform the music live right there. I mean, now we think it's a novelty to have a local singer-songwriter come in with an acoustic guitar. And play here in the studio. But back in those days, they would have full orchestrations in there. And it's incredible to think how much it has changed since then. We did an old-time radio show episode of Spooky South Coast one time where we did a live radio play. And I had, we've only got four microphones in the studio, which is usually more than we need on any given day. But on this particular day, we had something like nine or ten actors and then me narrating, performing different parts in this, this old-time radio play. And we had everybody crowded around the mic, two or three people to each mic, stepping in for their turn to say something, just like it was, you know, the 1930s or 1940s. Pretty cool stuff. Anyway, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hey, Tim, how are you? Good, how you doing? Um, really quick, um, you can call, it's in Washington, D.C. Um, I don't know, you can call the Veterans Affairs Department, whatever they are. Mm -hmm. And they, there's something in Washington, D.C. where you can look up your ancestors' military record and you can get their pictures if there's any available pictures. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. The caller earlier was telling us that uh, Ancestry has a lot of that stuff available for free, too. It's probably hooked up to the same department. Yeah. But that's what um, my father passed away last February. And it seems like the family lost a lot of his military pictures. So I wrote a letter. I was told what what I had to do. And I wrote a letter and I'm waiting to hear back. And they think they can send pictures um, they 
they can send limited records. They can't send you too much, but um, they will not send dog tags or anything like that. Sure. Uh, but it'd be nice just to get his military pictures. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of guys that came back that served, they didn't want to keep those pictures around. You know, they didn't want those reminders, and so you might never have seen them. And, and now here's your chance to get another one. Oh, we had tons of family members had them, and they just got lost. I don't know. Things get lost. Um, I know my grandparents. I know my grandparents had them, and when they passed away, those disappeared. So I don't know, but that's the road I'm taking. So um, you have a nice day. All right. Keep us up to date with it all. Thank you. Yep, Mike. And, uh, yeah, that's – I feel you on that because – Growing up, we had all of our photographs, which were mostly like Polaroid instant photos. And then we had some other ones from film cameras, like later on when disposable cameras became a thing. And But we had them all kept in, I think the last I remember seeing them, it was an, an orange box, like a box of oranges that my grandparents had sent up from from Florida one year when they were down there visiting. And... We kept them all in there, and they were in my mom's closet forever, and I don't know where they are now. Um, I've brought it up to her a few times, and she says, no, no, I have them. I don't know where, but I have them. So someday I should take those and try to have as many of them put onto a digital copy as we can. But, uh, you know, we've lost tons of them over the years because the kids would take them out and not put them back, and who knows where they all went. But, you know, you never know when you're going to want to see when you were 10 years old and your mom dressed up all five kids as characters from The Wizard of Oz. I can still feel the itchiness of that scarecrow costume. All right, I got to take a break. 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. And welcome back in. We're going to be going into the newsroom with Ariel on the other side. We can talk more with you. 508-996-0500. Or you can use app chat or open line voicemails on the WBSM app. We'll be back after we hear all of the headlines of the day from Ariel Dorsey. President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, is facing federal tax charges. Special counsel David Wise charged the young Biden on Thursday after a grand jury indicted him on nine counts, including three felonies. The charges include failing to file and pay taxes, tax evasion, and filing false tax returns. The U.S. is criticizing Israel for the growing civilian death toll in Gaza. At a press conference Thursday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said it remains imperative that Israel put a premium on civilian protection. An estimated 17,000 Palestinians have been killed since the war against Hamas started on October 7th after the militant group attacked and killed more than 1,000 Israelis. A woman is in jail after she allegedly tried to set fire to the house where the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was born. Two tourists from Utah who were viewing the house managed to stop the woman and two off-duty New York police officers who were visiting the historical landmark detained her until Atlanta police officers arrived. Oxford, Michigan high school shooter Ethan Crumbly will be sentenced today for killing four other students and injuring seven others on November 30th, 2021. Crumbly wrote in his journal that he wanted to create the largest school shooting in the state and wanted to hear the screams of the children as I shoot them.
San Francisco is cracking down on non-Chinese political candidates appropriating Chinese names to get extra votes. A new policy from the San Francisco Department of Elections now requires candidates to submit evidence showing they've used a Chinese name for at least two years. Over $800 million are now up for grabs from the two big U.S. lotteries. Nobody won the latest Powerball drawing, so the jack- jackpot will roll over to Saturday's drawing when the grand prize will be worth an estimated $468 million. The Mega Millions jackpot, meanwhile, is up to about $395 million. Those numbers will be drawn tonight. In sports, the Celtics battle a division rival at TD Garden tonight. The Knicks come to town after dropped each of the previous two meetings against the Celtics. Kristaps Porzingis is expected to play after missing the last five games due to a calf strain. Bailey Zappi led the New England Patriots to a 21-18 upset win over the Steelers on Thursday night football. Zappi became the first New England quarterback since Tom Brady in 2018 to toss three first-half touchdown passes. The Patriots remain at the bottom of the AFC East at 3-10. and 10. And the Sabres put the brakes on a four-game losing streak following a 3-1 win over the Bruins in Boston. Brad Marchand lit the lamp for his 12th goal of the season in the second period. Linus Olmark stopped 33 of 36 shots. The Bruins will host the Coyotes tomorrow afternoon. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Happy Friday morning, everybody. It is chilly out there. Temperatures in the mid to upper 20s with some clouds this afternoon. Temperatures will be climbing into the mid to lower 40s. 46 is the normal high for Providence. Overnight tonight, some clouds will linger. Temperatures dipping into and around the 30-degree mark. And then for tomorrow, a beautiful day is in store, with the exception with mostly cloudy skies. But temps will be climbing into the mid-50s. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast from the ABC6 weather Center. I'm meteorologist Sassi del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. If you could only see the way she loves me, then maybe you would understand why I feel this way. When she says she loves me And welcome back in 508-996-0500 And again, another chilly morning It's going to warm up It'll be about 10 degrees warmer than it was yesterday But you're probably waking up to a little bit of a chill in the house A little draft, a little little breeze coming in and you say, hey, where's that cold air coming from? Is it coming from around your windows? Is it coming from around your your external doors? Is it coming around or is it coming in from your roof? Are there holes in your roof? Are there separation? Is there separation at the seams of your roof? Are there shingles that are falling off? All of those things and so much more can be addressed by calling Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. You know that they'll come in and replace your windows. You know they can do a single window. You know they'll even do a single pane of glass. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe you're, you've got a pane of glass that's cracked or missing and you need that replaced. No matter what it is, no job is too big, no job is too small. And when I say no job is too big, I mean replacing your entire roof. They'll come out and do that. 
They'll come out and they'll take a look at your roof and they'll give you a free, no obligation estimate. And if you want them to go forward and have your roof replaced, they're going to make sure they get it done quickly, proficiently, and with precision. So that by the time the really nasty winter weather comes, you and your family and your investment of your home will be protected. Again, if you have some missing shingles, if you can see that there's some separation, if you can see if there's leaks in your home from your roof, or if it's just been 20 years since you've had your roof serviced, it's probably time to reach out to Precision. You can call them. You can stop by their showroom at 1111 Acushnet Avenue in New Bedford and talk with them there. But the easiest thing to do is to just go online, precisionwindowandkitchen.com. Sign up there for the estimate. They'll come out. They'll let you know exactly what to expect. And they'll tell you if they think that you don't need it replaced, they'll say so. But they'll also point out to you exactly where the issues may be, and they will get it done for you quickly and correctly. So, again, precisionwindowandkitchen.com. back in 508-996-0500 that's the gin blossoms and i i found out what a gin blossom was because of that band i think it was kurt loader that explained it on mtv what a gin blossom was it's those things that like pop up on your nose when you drink too much like wc fields had you know that they give you that red nose that's that's a gin blossom so that's where the band got their name from ah music trivia right you never know where it's going to take you. So there's a really great deal going on right now at Alianza Restaurant in New Bedford. If you haven't been to Alianza, first of all, they're totally in the spirit of the season right now down there at 98 Cove Street in New Bedford. They've got all of their great daily specials. They've got all of these fantastic flavors. As you know, every meal at Alianza is special and unique. By the way, today is Friday, so it's one of my favorite specials down there, the octopus. But as you're getting closer to the holidays, you're also thinking to yourself, boy, as much as I love Alianza, I'd love to give it to someone else as a gift and go down and get a guest certificate. And of course, they have a gift certificate. And right now they're doing a special bonus card when you get a gift per, gift card purchase. So if you go down to Alianza for every $50 gift card you purchase, you will receive a $10 bonus card so that you can give the gift of no cooking to someone special in your life. What does that mean? It means, I mean, granted, the, the meals at Alianza are very affordable. And two people are going to be able to go out and have a, a great meal with a $50 gift card. But getting that $10 bonus card, well, maybe that means they can also have an appetizer or, or a dessert. Or they can share some wine or whatever it may be. 
So give that gift of no cooking and give a little bit of extra. Or maybe you want to keep that $10 bonus card for yourself. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. But it's all happening down at Alianza Restaurant, 98 Cove Street in New Bedford. And you can visit them online at alianzarestaurant.com. And make sure you follow them on Facebook so you can find out about all of their great specials and deals and different events that are happening around the holidays. All right, uh, let's take a phone call here. 508-996-0500. Let's go out to Las Vegas. Good morning, Lamone. How are you? Lamone, are you there? I hear you. Well, there might be a problem with your phone. Got to climb a little bit higher up on that pole, I guess. We'll see if we can get him back. 508-996-0500. You can also send in those app chat messages and open line voicemails on the WBSM app. I wonder if uh, wonder if Lamone decided he was going to call a different show instead. He's like, you know what? I've talked to this guy enough. I'm going to call a different morning show. The smoking ban that I was discussing, so I just got a, a message that said, "Can you? how would they define child? And it's a good point because even though in Massachusetts you can't legally purchase cigarettes until you are 18, we know that some, some kids that are under 18 smoke. Some kids' parents that are under 18 let them smoke. So somebody that age could be in the car smoking with the parent. In this particular attempted legislation, it seems to have always gone back to the definition of a child in the car, trying to ban smoking in the car with a child. The child has been defined as needing a child safety restraint. So whether that be a car seat or a booster seat, that's how they were defining that. So if your child is out of one of those then you would no longer be subject to this $100 fine if you were pulled over. Now, again, just to reiterate, this has not even come close to becoming a law, but it's been proposed multiple times. You know, this isn't like, the, uh, like a sports hall of fame where you only get so many cracks at the, at the ballot, and if you don't get in, then you're no longer eligible, or it takes a special vote to get you in there. No, they can keep proposing this as many times as they want. And it seems like that's been the case. And I was shocked, shocked, I tell you, to find out that it had been proposed that many times and hadn't passed because of the way that Massachusetts has been restrictive toward smoking. Kind of leading the charge across the nation to ban smoking in public places. Banning the sale of flavored tobacco and tobacco products. You would think that for a legislature that has done both of those things. That you would be able to or or overseen both of those things. You, you think that if they wanted to ban smoking, that that would be uh, in, in the car with kids, that that would be something that would come to fruition. But perhaps there's enough that just look at that and push back and say that's just too far. Now you're getting involved in people's private spaces for something that we don't have any restrictions on outside of the age of someone that can buy the cigarette and apparently now not being able to buy a flavored tobacco product.
I mean, what what could be next? Could they say, well, we don't we don't want you to have your radio too loud with children in the car because that could damage their hearing. I'm sure many of us have had our hearing damaged over the years from being in the car with the music too loud. I remember in the 90s, we had cars and, and, and audio systems in those cars that you didn't even need to put gas in the car. You could just put it into neutral and let that bass push you to where you needed to go. I don't know what's changed either. You still get that now and then. You still get that now and then. You'll be driving next to a car on the road and you'll pull up to a red light and you'll hear that thump, thump, thump and you'll, you'll know what they're listening to or at least hear the baseline of what they're listening to. But it doesn't happen nearly as often as it used to, used to happen. And I, I don't know why that is. I was talking about this not that long ago. with some people that are about my age. And I said, what happened to the systems that people used to put in the car? Remember that was, with the, oh, what, what do you have in your car for a system? You have the detachable face on your, rece- on your radio receiver. So if you went into the store, you would take that out and you often had a little case and you would put it in the case and then carry that in your pocket. That was that was not very convenient. If you weren't like wearing a jacket, you could put it in. Others, you know, even before that, before the detachable face era, you had the detachable radio era where you would pull it out. You could it had like a handle and you would pull out the whole radio. Which probably seemed like a great idea when you first got it. And then after the first couple of times of doing that, you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. You know what I did do, though? If you didn't take it out, it made it really easy for somebody to come in and just grab your radio. But those days are gone of that loud music system, it seems. I mean, because I think the stock radios in cars are so much better that people aren't investing a lot of money in that. I mean, it used to be a prominent section of Best Buy. Now it's relegated to the corner. And it's more about what interface you have. I won't even say receiver anymore. It's more about what interface you have. These basically what look like tablets, iPads mounted in your car. And it's about what cameras you can access and... GPS program and, and streaming music and all that stuff more than it is about how loud it is. So I'm sure there's an entire generation of kids riding in cars right now that are grateful for that because it's not nearly as loud as it used to be. I had a friend that would, well, he worked with us and he would give us rides home after work and he would be in the car and he would have the music blasting and it was a Ford, Ford Escort. So we're sitting in the back of this Ford Escort while he's in the front radio blasting and he's trying to have a conversation with us. We're like, we, we can't hear you. But he was just so used to it that he's learned to, to, to talk and hear over it. And we're like, what? We can't make out what you're saying. Wait, turn either turn the radio down or wait till we stop. Anyway, I've got to take a break. 508-996-0500. What do you think? Should they ban smoking with kids in cars? 
or is that just too far? We'll be back in just a few moments. And tonight's going to be a little bit chilly, but it's going to be clear. It's going to be nice. It's going to be a perfect Edaville night. The beloved Christmas Festival of Lights has returned to Edaville, and it is one of New England's oldest Christmas traditions. So you can immerse yourself in thousands of holiday lights that you've come to love and experience new attractions like the Christmas Market and the newly remodeled Alpine Village. With steam trains, vintage amusement rides, visits from Santa, and shopping from local businesses and crafters, Edaville offers something for everyone. And when you're ready to refuel, you can indulge in tasty treats and snacks from food stands throughout the park. And don't forget that special model railroad exhibit they have going on this year as well. Tickets start as low as $12.95 a person. They are selling fast. Because Edaville is only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday each week, you know that those tickets are getting snatched up quickly. So if you want to go to Edaville before the holidays, before Christmas, before New Year's, then you want to get to edaville.com and get your tickets now. They start again at just $12.95 a person, and they have different plans there depending on what you plan to ride, or you can even buy individual ride tickets this year. They make it so much easier at Edaville. Again, edaville.com to get your tickets and to reserve your trip. All right, well, that's going to do it for this hour. We're going to